Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Take Variety Hour. The Second Take Variety Hour is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the Second Take Variety Hour, the show that's probably going to go for 25 minutes. This isn't a bit, it's just a legitimate time frame in which it will probably be done by. And I'm Sebastian. That was very accurate. Probably. I'll say it and we'll go for 40. I mean, most... (laughs) (laughs) Just to spite myself. No, we're going to hit that 20... Whatever, even if we're in the middle of a discussion, that's it. The end of the musical roll. (laughs) I'm Andy Schossler. Hello. Hi. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of something witty to say, and I'm Chancellor. That's good enough. <laughs> Alex never does. <laughs> uh, thank you again, Chancellor, for joining us this week. Uh, Alex is inside. He's aiding the salmon during spawning season. I, when you said inside, I legitimately thought you were going to say inside Thanos' asshole, ready to expect. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a word inside, and I was like, Thanos' asshole, yes. He spends, a, he spends a lot of his free time inside the abdomen <laughs> and digestive system of lots of not just mammals too. He gets freaky. Normally, he's like he's, he's inside the womb of a bear, so we normally go with that. I don't know why. Wait, did he is has he been conceived or did he climb into the womb of the bear? This is a question I asked the first oh, time I heard oh, this, okay. and it's still unanswered. I didn't think there was any interpretation there. I literally climbed in. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was really worried about their reproductive um, Or was condition. he birthed of a bear like monkey? I know his it mother was... and she's lovely. <laughs> I'm going to leave it this podcast. It wasn't a criticism about his mother. <laughs> she's lovely. All right. So this is the show where we review a thing each and that's how the show goes. Yep. But lately we kind of like, we kind of signpost what we're here to review. Right? That, we've been doing that lately? Yeah. You have been. As a sort of intro to, the, to, to yeah. the show. You know, some shows like to do that, to sort of have a table of contents. Yeah, so- um, I mean, technically it's the title of the episode, isn't it? Right. It's also- <laughs> You would think so. <laughs> it is also the title of the episode. Fantastic. <laughs> well, today I'm going to be re- reviewing The Dirt. Now, The Dirt, as of this recording, came out yesterday at 5pm on Netflix. Thought you were just talking about Dirt, honestly. <laughs> No. I was like, wow, you're getting real obscure with your reviews. I actually I actually had Joe Dirt in mind. And I thought, oh, God, oh they, God. Made, they made another one of those. Uh, they did. They, well, they made two. No, that, that's what I'm saying. Oh, there was saying some, a third. some third sequel that Netflix commissioned Jeez. secretly. <laughs> um, the Dirt is based off a book by the same name, which is the biopic of Motley Crue forming together, oh. going on tour, getting drug fucked, breaking up, coming back together and cleaning up again. Is it's- it This Is Spinal Tap or is it? Serious. You'll have to wait for my review okay. ah. to find out. So that's me. Well, in mixed 
news, Bill and Ted 3 has been announced. It has. And I think we should talk about that and just the general nature of Hollywood forcing remakes. Cool. Yep. And I bought my wife Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Ooh. And I want to talk about that. <laughs> so you both are going on like, I hate remakes <laughs> as the bender? Is this no, 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 no. Don't no. hate re- just Just when they're shoehorned in and stomped mm. down your throat, that's... Okay. Get, nobody forces anybody to see films. That's absolutely true. I well, mean, except me. I generally. <laughs> except for that guy in Clockwork Orange. Yeah. But <laughs> it's Alex. A, yeah. But it's Alex, just, is that right? It's just a shame. Yeah. It's just a shame when, when all this time and energy and resources is spent into doing something unnecessary. Mm. I know when it comes to art, criticizing something as unnecessary is a little bit, you know, redundant mm. because all art, in you know, can be can be said to be unnecessary. It's not. It, it it's very necessary to to us being humans. So saying I like that, but I don't like that. It's an arbitrary line of what 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 you like and what you think other people would or whether it has some value to you know the collective culture yeah. or whatever wank you want to spin and justify the things that you That's like how there. I justify this podcast to my wife. <laughs> this is for the collective good of the artistic community. I can't but, I can't not record it. Well, we're here. What so will the artistic community do without us. <laughs> we're here. So let's talk about it. Do you guys think Bill and Ted 3 is going to be any good? What what do you think it's going to be about? Other than Star Wars, has there been a sequel made 20 years after the fact that has been successful in any way, shape, or form? I'm going to argue for Blade Runner 2049. Okay. Yeah. 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 But it's definitely an outlier for this question, though. It is. That was good, though, because Blade Runner, the thing that makes Blade Runner, both both of them good, is the atmosphere that it sets. Mm. Like, the actual 2049, the film itself is kind of- It's a bit dry. Boring and kind of dry. Blade Runner 2 is really slow, but the thing that is so engrossing in it, it's that- universe that it yeah. creates the atmosphere mm. all the sounds all the ambiance you're just sitting there going i want to be in this world tell me more about mm. this world that's the feeling i had when i watched it even um finding dory which wasn't that far removed from finding nemo comparatively to some of the films we're talking about yeah. even it was the shitty sequel uh can i use that in my uh <laughs> disney vs disney debate as long as you're not fighting me yeah you're not. You're not using. You're not. Quoted. You wouldn't be debating Finding Dory if you were. You just lost, no. my friend. <laughs> yeah. I'll just play this guy. Just load this clip up and press the red button. Um, no, I think I'm Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Oh, brilliant. against oh, Frozen movie. in my oh, in my, op- in my opening bout. <laughs> but um, no, I completely agree with that. Finding Dory is one of those really unnecessary mm. sequels, and it was completely. Uh, just made for the sake of it. And, and to be fair, nostalgia is bankable these days. It's bankable, but when when you have a franchise, I mean, Bill and Ted is about Bill and Ted. Yeah. And Rufus a little bit, George Carlin's dead now, so are you going to recast him or are you going to do something different? What is deep fake died, they should, <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, the moment George Carlin died, they should have been like, all right, no more Bill and Ted. That's it. It's it's forever lost. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is fine. Those two movies are good. Yeah. Just leave them as is. Yeah. I like, don't need a third. I know why people are making Bill and Ted 3. Because Keanu Reeves is famous again? I mean, yeah, people like to work. They like to produce stuff. They like to make money. And it, they, they're going to make money off this. Yeah. Right? They, they'll at least make back their budget. No doubt. I don't want to be it, pessimistic here. There are a lot of fans. Mm, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be pessimistic. Okay, so- But, but I have to be. <laughs> this film, 
at, in its best form is going to be, oh, okay, that didn't ruin the, the film before it. That's the best case scenario. It wasn't, hey, that, that was okay. Okay, we're well, going to walk away going, that was a big bag of okay. What, what do you think it's going to be about? Because this is Bill and Ted, 30 years older now. They're aging rockers. At what point was the future in, um, uh, in the second movie? It was under, like 700 years in the future. Oh, it was 700 yeah. years in the future. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. It was way the future. So the traditional thing to do would be someone's come back to ruin it and they've got to re- can wreck the future or some shit. What's yeah. going to happen? Because every time we get these little remakes where it's like, where's the story going to go to next? Well, Bill, and, Bill and Ted's uh, Burger's Journey, right? Answered the question of, well, no, not that anybody was asking, <laughs> but it did it, it, did it well. Um, answer the question of how they propagate the music, how everybody loves Wild Stallions. Yeah. Right? Because they, they play concerts all around the world. They're sold out shows. People just love them. They play Mars. Um, and and it just spreads throughout you know all the colonies as 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 we're going. Wild Stallions is, is is going along with them, and it becomes this cultural thing. It becomes this philosophical mantra of be excellent to each other, mm. and everybody just adopts. That's what humanity becomes. Yeah. So I'm kind of with you, Seb, that somebody's going to come back in time to try and disrupt that. And oh then, no! I worked out the story. And, oh, oh <laughs> please, please, please. No, they're gonna. They're going to meet someone from the future that's going to be like, yeah, it all changed when you released this song and it's going to be them in like their 60s and they haven't actually made that song yet and they're going to lose their shit thinking that they haven't yet fulfilled the- Oh, interesting. And they're going to have to be like, what do we need to do to do to get this this song you're talking about made? And then the magic was inside them all along. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what this is going to be because I, it's I'm, uninspired. I'm thinking the same thing, but due to the amount of time travel and weirdness in the second one, I think they have to up that ante. Mm. I think- uh, they're going to re- be like 60 and be like, why haven't we made this change yet? And it's going to turn out that someone did go back in time and just so happened to screw them over in the past and they didn't realize. So they are going to go have to back in time, meet their younger selves and inspire their younger selves yeah. to make things good. Are they also they're going to be the, in the past? Probably, and then and then they will be they'll be robot uh, replicas of them. And- well, okay, is the or- next logical step par- they're going to go parallel? parallel universes. I was just about yeah. to say that because <laughs> they've had traveling to the past to get the figures in the first one. You've got then the, directly the ethereal realm, yeah. yeah then yeah. directly interfering in their own uh, futures in the in the sequel, mm-hmm. where they had to go like do little tinkering things to win that little battle. Yeah. The next step is just fifteen Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Oh, what could be better? Well, I, I, you know what? I'm going to be controversial and say this. I have never liked Keanu Reeves as an actor. The reason he works as an actor is because he is the definitive neutral mask. You look at him in The Matrix. Aww. It's because he has no character. You're able to envision yourself as that character. It's why Link is a good video game character because he has no voice. He's just a thing. I think that's a flaw in The Matrix, not a flaw with Keanu Reeves. Because I, I, I think he does a, a very good job. The when- only time I've seen him act is in Bill and Ted. And it's why I think Bill and Ted is his best film because he's so far removed from what, from neutral mask. What about Point John- Break? Oh, uh, Point Break as well, actually. Yeah. yeah. Point Break and yeah. uh, Bill and Ted. I'm trying to think, have you seen Johnny? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Yeah. Those are the wrong. Is that what you're talking about? Sorry. Yeah. I have not seen it. I'm just like, uh, yeah, you a, should. It's, yeah. I've been wandering through video stores in my teens. I, just, I saw it. I that's, exactly, to... that's exactly how I saw it. That's I, exactly I how I saw it. So many times. And, oh, that you're sounds like, like I, such a. Good... I need to see this movie. Um, I always thought Keanu Reeves was a bad actor in The Matrix. And then I saw Johnny Mindemindemook. And no, he's an amazing actor in The Matrix. Johnny Mindemindemook, he's a terrible actor. Yeah, but and The it Matrix is, amazing. is kind of terrible. Oh, you it's, don't like The Matrix? Re- retrospectively, I mm. I see how bland it is. Okay, cool. I do want to go yeah. back. I would like to go back with our new um, in this in for second take in our new formula and review a couple of films that we've Ooh. done in the past Ooh. to see how we can, if we can break them down a little bit better. And The Matrix and Lord of the Rings are two franchises that I want to revisit. Okay, <laughs> I just don't have the time to revisit the Lord of the Rings just ever. Like I, every time I look at my watch, it just says not. Nah, like I can't do it. Um, uh, it's time for not enough time for Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's not enough time. <laughs> the amount of times I've wanted to just throw the fellowship on, but I'm like, oh, I just I can't give four hours of my time anywhere else right now. <laughs> See, when it comes to Lord of the Rings, that's one that I, I need to plan. It's it's like a romantic date thing. I need to put out the candles. I need to set aside three days. Like you're kind of joking, of but it is, seriously though, it's fucked. It, right, it, it, it takes yeah. yeah. Oh, working a full time job and watching Lord of the Rings are not compatible with <laughs> life goals. Well, with the recent mixed success of Captain Marvel, mm. but the really nice gimmick of going back to the 90s, yeah. is Bill and Ted 3 going to be set in the 90s, do you think? That's why I think they have to go back and meet their 90s selves. No, you keep the setting, but you keep the actors looking the way they yeah. do. What is the, what is the oh, which, one's, which one's which? Which one's Bill? Which one's Ted? What's the, what's the, what's the, what's the non-Keanu Reeves actor? I forgot Ted. his name. Bill S. Preston Esquire is, <laughs> is uh, Ted Alex, Theodore- Alex Winter and Ted Theodore Logan yeah. is Keanu Reeves. Okay. The other one, <laughs> uh, Alex Winter. What's he look like these days? Because last time I saw him, I thought he looked like he was on meth, but I might be thinking the wrong actor. Uh, he, he, I don't he think looks, he ever looks like meth. He looks, he looks like the grandma he played- uh, of young Bill in Bogus Bogus <laughs> no. Oh my God, no, that's too. that's cruel. But he is he's a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's aged. Everybody ages, of course. That's. Oh no, he's always bad. For some reason, I, I thought he I thought he looked like the Elephant Man these days. No, no, why? no, no. He doesn't. I, I'm, no. I'm imagining the wrong human being. It's, it's, is he a filmmaker? Yeah, he's he's done he's done a lot of indie stuff. I think he's done a lot of theater as well. He. I don't think he ever made it as a big time film actor. Certainly not to the level that Keanu Reeves did. He's, but he he's has directed, directed more things but than yeah. he's acted in. Yeah. That's impressive. I'm trying. I'm just trying to. Oh, Grand Piano. He was in Grand Piano. <laughs> he's the. He's one of the bad guys in Grand Piano, which is a fantastic film. If you haven't oh, seen okay. it. Okay, so it's called Bill and Ted Face the Music. At a reference. But, but, uh, Oh, okay. There's actually a plot list that oh, I'm going to do. So we've all speculated. Now we can I spoil? We can get some resolution. <laughs> Two would-be rockers from San Dimas, California, were once told they'd save the universe during a time-traveling adventure, but find themselves as middle-aged dads still trying to crank out a hit song and fulfill their <laughs> destiny. I am a, I am a god. <laughs> Just for reference, we were talking about this before the podcast. <laughs> we didn't Google no, no, this. No, 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 no. You're Sam welcome. figured this out all by himself. He's going to be cynical. But, that's, <laughs> but how, how does that work? Because in Bogus Journey, they, are, they transform the world. Everybody loves Wild Stallions. That's why I think someone's gone back in time and messed with and it. messed with them, and and they and they never realized. Right. Rufus wasn't there to say because right. Rufus died because. 
<sighs> George well, Carlin died. Seb, you are an absolute genius. No. You, congratulations. Not a, this isn't a win for anyone apart from me. A this is Hollywood a film. You unraveled that tapestry <sighs> with, with just the gentlest of tugs. This is a loss for like <laughs> society though. <laughs> so I'm I'm still gonna see it. And <sighs> I'm and I'm still gonna go into it. Yeah, you know, I'll probably go op- see optimistically. It'll be fine, I guess. <sighs> and also, speaking of nostalgia. We've have spent so much time talking about video stores and how <laughs> and how lovely it is to manipulate things. Are we going to see in the next couple of years, you know, physical versions of Netflix? Like, is there going to be in some shop as as a novelty or or in the mall or whatever some stall where to browse through Netflix you have to physically pick up a thing and scroll through the screen and it just has the details of that one film on it? If you don't do it. <laughs> You've got to do it, Andy. This is I, a new. I think there's a place for it. It will. It will be, uh, you know, a summer hit. Certainly, nostalgia sells. All right. Uh, speaking of nostalgia sells, see, I'm good at segways. <laughs> I'm bad at segways. Ignore everything you do, Sab. The Grim um, Reaper's been cast. Sorry, I was just going through the. Is, 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 that's it, it. is it? Is it? Um, will uh, what, what's his name? William Sadler. Uh, Sadler. Yeah. Yeah. The only three people that on IMDb with okay. castings. Okay. I mean, so, to be fair, yeah. it could be wrong, but it's obviously the two leads and Grim Reaper. So Excellent. William Sadler is back as the Excellent. Grim Reaper. Excellent. I like him. Oh, William was, Sadler's great. I was introduced to him in a Tales from the Crypt episode oh. where he played a murderer who got a job as an executioner and then got his comeuppance by being executed at the end of the episode. Oh, wow. But yeah, but he, but he was a serial killer who worked as as an executioner in, in, in the electric chair. That is following your dreams. That's what that is. That is great good, work, William, William Sadler. I feel a little bit less good about guessing the plot because one of the trivia notes is, in February 11, 2017, Reeves revealed the plot that time is breaking apart. So someone ah. comes from the future to inform Bill and Ted they're supposed to write a song to save the world. The pressure along with their marriages falling apart and their kids... Are kind of mad at them. That's badly written, okay. but there. So I feel bad Nostradamusing a fact from two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. There you go. I um, believe you, Sam. Yeah. So yeah, Crash Bandicoot, mm. the ah. insane trilogy. So uh, what do you do? You guys have any history with Crash Bandicoot? I saw on your Instagram. PS4 I have played this, this exact game. Yeah, excellent. Did you play any of the previous ones? I owned the very first one right. on the PlayStation, and that was only one I ever played. Andy? I know Crash Bandicoot as a red... Uh, uh, Bandicoot? No, as a, as a red um, Taz, the, uh, the Tasmanian Devil from... Is it Warner Brothers does, or... He does spend... Oh, Looney yeah. Tunes, yeah. Looney Tunes, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was a Nintendo kid growing up, so I played good games. Um, <laughs> my, my wife, on the other hand, she had a PlayStation. She had Crash Bandicoot. She loved it growing up. So, uh, for Christmas, I bought her uh, the... Crash Bandicoot, insane trilogy. Because I've been trying to get her to play games with me more. Okay. Because uh, I bought Cuphead at the same time because that's the only co-op game that I've found these days. Which, by the way, co-op <laughs> gaming is not fucking Battle Royales. I don't care if you're in teams. If I go to a website going best fucking co-op games these days and your number one is Apex, go die, website. <laughs> anyway. Um <laughs> So I was trying to, I've, I've been trying to get some co-op games and stuff. And Crash Bandicoot isn't co-op; uh, it's one player. But because it's got a life system, which is an incredibly outdated system of gameplay, uh, we would pretty much we, she would play, she'd die, and then I would play, okay. and then I'd die, and then she'd play. And whenever yeah. we run out of all our lives, 
the other person would play. <laughs> you have a drink and then yeah, f- forget about the last thing. Exactly. Minutes. But <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and say, I don't think Crash Bandicoot is a well-designed game. I think okay. for the time... It was good because it came out before Mario uh, Mario sixty four, right? Oh, what, what do you do were, in Crash Bandicoot? So it is a platformer game. Now in two okay. D uh, games, platforming was running left to right and jumping, yeah. and there are obstacles, and you jump around them, you jump on things. That's okay, Mario. So it was that's Pitfall, Sonic. Donkey Kong. Yeah, exactly. Mario, Sonic. Okay. So you're running left to right. So Crash Bandicoot, I believe, was one of the first 3D platformers. And it took the idea Uh of 3D platformer to the literal sense, where you're no longer running left to right. You're either running front to back or back to front. And now you have three dimensions you can jump in. Oh, my God. So there are things on the left, things on the right, things in the middle. And sometimes you may turn right, and now you're going that way. So it is – but it is definitively – a platformer. So okay. everything you're doing is jumping. Whereas you look at something like Mario 64, Banjo-Kazooie, all the ones Nintendo cranked out, they were less platformers. They used platformers to be collectathons. Okay. Which is where you're encouraged to explore an area and collect all the stuff you find. That's what... Uh, I love collectathons. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's my life. Crash Bandicoot, you're on a track. Yeah. You, okay. you have to follow the map and you can't even move the camera. Like it's no. fixed in a certain okay. position. Whereas Mario 64, for example, yeah, you can rotate the camera and go any direction you want to. It is what it is. Mm. Okay. And to be fair, I'm pretty sure Crash Bandicoot came out before it. So it was the first 3D platformer. And, and honestly, taking that route as a platformer totally makes sense and I get it. But the game punishes you for not collecting everything. <laughs> like, like it has this little okay. playthrough where it like drops all the boxes on you. Like, oh, you mixed 11 boxes. But at no point does it ever encourage you to explore. It, it specifically discourages you to explore. I played through this one fucking level <laughs> a million times just because every time I played, I would miss out on like 30 boxes. And I was like... Where were, where were these boxes? This level is a straight fucking line. I'm going from the back to the front. There was one bit where I was like, oh, there's like a cliff here and it looks like there might be a ledge there. So I'll just walk off. No, I died. So where are these 22 boxes? I'm not being encouraged to explore. I'm being discouraged. I'm dying if I try to explore. Okay. So what's the point of exploring? Are they like secret invisible boxes like in Super Mario uh, Brothers? Th- there are some invisible boxes, but okay. usually you can see that there are invisible boxes there. So you're like, oh, I've got to find some way to activate okay. these invisible boxes. I like those moments. But the fact that it's ju- it just, it is go from A, a to B. And, do it. and to be fair, that's why my wife loves it and she hates all the games I play. She's right. like, it's simple. You go to A to B. I love it. And I'm like, you're I'm, wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm even further along with it. I love open-ended stuff where it has mm. no point. Things like SimCity and oh, right. you know, that, that col- opened, colony yeah. builders and things like that, where there is no point to it. You're just playing. Cool. Yeah. Um, I don't mind them, but, you know. I, uh, I like to have a sense of achievement. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an overachiever. I always try and get everything. Okay. So uh, I've completed Banjo and Kazooie, uh, Banjo Kazooie and Tooie both on Nintendo Good 64. Games. Uh, I got them both on Xbox. I completed them entirely, got every achievement, got every jigsaw piece, got every Three note. stars. Yeah. Um, I bought Ukulele. I backed it when it was uh, on. The, uh, ukulele is essentially the new Banjo-Kazooie. It's not as good as Banjo-Kazooie. They don't encourage you to explore as much because Banjo-Kazooie really was perfectly planned out, whereas this okay. one felt like the worlds were too big and you'd get lost in them. Okay. So I wouldn't be... I spent hours looking for the final... Uh, what is it, a quill? Pages or quills? Pages and quills. Quills are the 
um, are the notes yep. and pages are the jiggies. Uh, I, I, first level. I spent- <laughs> just looking like we just spoke Mandarin at me or something. <laughs> um, yeah, y- ukulele is not as good, but it's still a collector song. And I haven't f- played A Hat in Time because A Hat in Time isn't available on Xbone in Australia because we're fucking wankers. Just release it on Xbone. It's, it's on Xbone all around the world. And you go on the website and it goes, not in Australia, dickheads. Yeah. I could get it on my PC, but I don't want to play platformers on my PC. My, my PC is for video editing, not video games. Get out of here. <laughs> Um, yeah, moral of the story is Crash Bandicoot, uh, but I get to play a video game with my wife, so I deal with it. <laughs> my wife really loves Crash Bandicoot. That's why it's, it's on there. I bought it for her. I, I, <laughs> Wait, did we both buy our wives yeah. Crash Bandicoot? Same when they remastered Spyro, except I, I, I don't have the attention span for Spyro anymore because I got mm. bored, but I prefer Spyro to Crash Bandicoot because there's a bit more exploration. Yeah, uh, I never played Spyro, um, but nor did Chanel, so I can't buy it. Yeah. And I know that it's more of a explorey one. So it's, I, it's, feel like, I feel like I'm being pressured into completing the loop now and also <laughs> buying my wife Crash yeah. Bandicoot. Do it. Well, Why not? <laughs> the difference is, unlike where you take turns every time one of you dies, mm. mine's just, she's playing it until she can't win a thing. Uh, <laughs> and then, then I ride in on my white stallion to save the day. <laughs> oh, we both can't win a thing. Uh, I was surprised at how short the first game was because like uh, we've been playing it for ages because mm. we keep on doing the same level over and over and sucking every time. Okay. And I probably know what there's, there's the game's okay in difficulty. And then you hit one level where it's just fucked. <laughs> it's very difficult and it's very long and it's like precision jumping. Otherwise you uh-huh. fall to your death. Uh, so I did some research and they made insane trilogy harder. Well, that's exciting. I know, right? Didn't, didn't need to do that. No, you didn't. Not at all. Because Chanel was like, I swear it wasn't this hard when we played it when we were kids. And I was like, <laughs> you were better than me. This sucks. If you're still playing it, my only recommendation is use the D-pad on the controller, not the analog sticks. I it's already better. learned that. Yeah. Ch- Chanel only plays with the D-pad because she's only ever played mm. games like that with the D-pad. She's never played with it the It feels weird sticks. now to do it, but- it controls better. Uh, it really I does. Disagree. I I find no, but this specific this game. game. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Th- this game because the game was made for PlayStation. PlayStation didn't have analog sticks until they created the DualShock yeah. controller. Yeah, so this exactly. game was designed for the D-pad, and it doesn't work with an analog stick. If you use analog no, sticks, you'll go too fast. No, that's fast. that's what just, I mean. Yeah. I'm I'm far more comfortable playing with with, with the D-pad. Oh, I, right. I, I avoid the sticks as much as possible. Crash Bandicoot, your yeah. game though. Right, get in it. <laughs> So this, okay, we're in the 25 minute mark now, which means I'm a liar. So thank you all. <laughs> I knew this would happen the second I declared it. Um, I watched The Dirt. Okay. So it's based off the book by the same name, which I believe was on New York Times bestseller list. Um, is it is it The Dirt as in the gossip, the, the dirty laundry, the- It was written in part by all four members of Motley Crue plus okay. an author. <laughs> who I assume did more the majority of the writing, I'm going to assume. Who actually assembled the words and yep. spelled them out. And- <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. And it's it tells the a lot of the funny stories, a lot okay. of the horrifying stories. It goes into like a lot of overdoses and car yeah. accidents. It's, it, the movie itself cherry picks a lot of moments yeah, from this course. book, but it doesn't just take the good ones. It takes a lot of the, the bad ones too. So it's it was interesting. It was to release to Netflix- 5 p.m. yesterday, local time. Um, so since it's a band biopic, 
How does it compare to Bohemian Rhapsody? I was going to say how does it compare to Walk Hard, but oh, know, yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah, I actually haven't seen Walk Hard, but I've really? seen Bohemian Rhapsody, so I can't well, go, go, go Walk Hard then. Isn't Walk Hard a parody? Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's that's yeah. like one of my big gripes with Bohemian okay. Rhapsody was the fact that Walk Hard yeah. came out like 10 years ago and it is legitimately parodying Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. which came out this, well, last yeah, year. Very funny. Um, so the, the way that this film is framed, the actors portraying the band members are each telling you individual snippets of their lives. Yeah. Mm. But they're telling it and it's framed like they're telling it from today. So like looking back on, let's look back on my, okay. my childhood. Well, you know, wasn't I a little cunt or whatever? Like, <laughs> and they're kind of making fun of their lives going through. Right. So it's a bit tongue in cheek in that regard. And the story is just hypersexualized. Cool. Um, it's, there's a, there's a lot of nudity. Um, good. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, the first two minutes alone, like, is just in your face <laughs> porn. It's very. I was like, oh, okay. The credits are handwritten on breasts. Yep. As- <laughs> <laughs> that is not a bad idea. I might use that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's, but it was really, it was really interesting. Okay, my first complaint, like, well, I was sitting there watching it. So I was sitting there watching it with a diehard Motley Crue fan, and he doesn't listen to the show, so I can, I can easily say. He's when a I was, dickhead. Whoa. <laughs> no, no, no. When I sat down to, we had a bunch of friends at his place. We're having a few beers and just watching it. And then we went out drinking afterwards. It was a Motley Crue themed night. I sat down and for some reason, I don't, I know of Motley Crue, but if you had asked me to point them out in a lineup, I literally would have found, hey, where's ZZ Top? Because I thought they were Motley Crue. <laughs> I was like, where's the guy with the big, with the, with the braids and the big beard? So I was like, ah, oh, this is not the band I thought it was. So that was a fun start, but I didn't mention that because I would have been like literally removed from the premises. So for me, it was a bit of an education of everything. I didn't know, I didn't know some of the songs that I knew were theirs. So from that. Molly Crew is that sort of band. Like they, they sounded like every other band in the rock band in in the late eighties, but I mean, I I don't recognise any mm. of their music hearing it. Like, I, I have to read that it's Motley Crue or somebody mm. says, hey, this is my... Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. And the music that I recognise from theirs is the songs I like. Yeah. So I didn't... Yeah. It was At least, thank God, otherwise, if I'd been sitting there going, like, this is a band I have no <laughs> attachment to, that would have been terrible. But do you know how certain films will experiment when they... Chance I can speak more into this. They up the frame rate. Yeah. And okay. you get that weird... Everything looks like it's moving a step too fast. Okay, I found so, it when I watched The Hobbit and a lot of the okay, action yeah. scenes. He, it, it looks like a, um, what do you call it? Like a, a TV show, like Neighbours and stuff. How it ju- it's just, it's too smooth and it yeah. seems too real. Yeah. And the film, is, it's shot like that. And that always, I, I hate that effect. I, I don't, Why? I just don't like it. And no, isn't. Why did they do it? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it felt it's, weird. It's always weird when films try and do that. There was a, a film a couple of years ago made by, I want to say Ang Lee, probably not Ang Lee, <laughs> called uh, Someone, Someone's Thousand Something Something. Great title. <laughs> Couldn't help you. <laughs> something <laughs> about probably football or something. And yep. it, was, it was shot at and presented in 120 frames per second. Ugh. So normal film is shot at 24 frames yeah, per second. Yeah. Most digital is either 25. If you're looking at cheaper digital, it's usually 29.97. At a reference, most video games aim for 60 at the moment. Yeah. That's like the benchmark currently okay. anyway. And yeah, so that's, that's for movie, that crisp look to it, I guess. Is that, is that, is that why, they, why they're done at that frame rate? Video games? Because you don't see it. You don't really see the difference. You can yeah. when it is film. Uh, okay. It, it, no, it oh, oh, no, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it just sharpens it up. Like that's that's 
what happens? Okay, I will show it to you guys after we've done recording this. There is a, a YouTuber called Aldo Jones. He does, it's a very okay. silly channel. He, uh, but he does the 60 frames, is it? Yes. So he updates them to be 4K and 60 yeah. frames. Okay. He also does silly trailers where he edits okay. shit into trailers and makes them ridiculous. I think it's sometimes good. It's hit and miss. It can be very funny. Other times it can be the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But anyway, he does he does update trailers with 60 frames per second. And it's things like he did one for one of the Avengers Endgame trailers. And it opens with Tony, you know, talking to the Iron Man helmet and he's just reaching his hand over to it to press a button, yeah? Mm. This is, he hasn't, he hasn't, this yeah. is not like his silly one, this is normal one. And you see like every individual twitch in his fingers and as you watch, and then you watch the regular one and it's just like his hands just moving like normal. And okay. it, little things like that just stand out. And I don't know, I don't, I don't like how it I'm, looks. I'm not a fan of it either. I'm a, I'm a big 25 FPS or fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, this film was like that. So it took me a good hour of watching it for my eyes just to adjust and be okay with it. Okay. So- that was my first thing. I was like, oh no, this feels cheap. Oh no, oh no. But it was really good. I enjoyed it. I would, my diehard friend was sitting there, thankfully providing commentary because he'd be like, he'd see like the title card for the year and he'd be like, I know what this next story is because he <laughs> you know, read the book you know, 10,000 times. And he was saying the movie was very accurate. He kept saying this is very a very accurate movie, but he was referring to the book. <laughs> and Not to actual history well, necessarily. Well, yeah. in his mind, they are one and the same. Yeah. I've, I've, no, I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of crazy shit happened. So <laughs> I, I couldn't say out of my reference how true it was, but if it's accurate to the book, that's something. Okay. So if you've read the book and you're like, what does that look like? Good movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it went heavily into the drug scene. So my point of reference, because I don't watch many of these kinds of films, was Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Uh, you know, when Freddie got all druggy and sad and then got diagnosed with AIDS and it was all terrible and blah, blah, blah. Good. None of which happened in the order or to the extent yeah. that the film depicted. Yeah. This film didn't sugarcoat it as okay. much as Bohemian Rhapsody did. Like when one of the, I think it was the, yeah, the singer, when he overdosed, and so he had a car accident which killed another singer that was in the car with him from a different group and- then he gets sent to prison for like 20 days. He comes out and he tries to go clean and he ends up overdosing on, right. I think, a heroin or something. Gets resuscitated in an ambulance, gets discharged that night and then goes and does more heroin that same night. Jeez. And they've got like, he wakes up, passed out in his closet and the syringe is sticking out of his arm and there's just fucking blood everywhere pouring out of this open wound in him. And it was quite confronting with the way it did that. It did, it did like glorify a lot of their like rambunctious sexual antics and like <laughs> fucking up hotel room stuff. That stuff was really fun. But when it came to the drug use, it didn't want to make it seem fun. It, okay. it, it, it did the thing they normally do. It's fun it, at first until you do too much. <laughs> and then does yeah. it, does it have a narrative or is it just a, this is how it happened. Yeah, here's happened. a thing. Here's a thing. Here's yeah. a thing. Both. Okay. It's okay. kind of in between. Okay. It starts off with the band forming together. Like you start with one character and see why they're kind of, well, so this one human being, why they're kind of the way they are. And you go, you go through all of them and you kind of see person, person, uh, personally what their individual motivations were getting into this band, yeah. getting together, really quick montage to when they become successful. Like it does okay. skim over the slumming days as the band. Like they had <laughs> one concert and the next concert they had a record and the, deal. And then they- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Classic move. And then, it, yeah, it goes on from there, and band breaks up, band gets back together. They go, they all go so, um, all go sober, and they release Doctor Feelgood, which is apparently their best-selling album. 
Then one of them goes off the- I've um, heard of it, so. <laughs> and then the singer goes, you know, falls off the wagon and goes back into drugs and breaks up and then they get a new singer in and then get the old one back and it kind of ends, you know, they've been playing until like 2015, I think is when they broke up again. Right. Or they retired or whatever. But like I said, it didn't pull punches. Like the drummer who's effectively, he's your first character that you meet that you like. You first meet the, um, oh, what is he? The bass player. And he's, okay. He's- a horrible kid, but he's part of a horrible family. And then you meet the drummer and the drummer's just normal and he's got a really lovely family and everything. Um, he ends up in one of the scenes, he turns out his girlfriend was bipolar. Or sorry, his fiance at the home was bipolar. And she goes on this huge rant where she's calling his mother a cunt and she won't stop saying it and she wants him to say it and he won't say it. And they get really heated on the tour bus and she says it and he just punches her in the face. Jesus. And that's in the movie that's produced by the band. He's like, yeah, show me punching her in the face. So like they didn't like the things wow, that you would want yeah. to cut. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah to, to be fair, they don't actually so, mention in the movie that she was bipolar, so they don't they so, don't put into the fact that she was being extra. So this doesn't you know. go the way of Bohemian Rhapsody, where they not only sugarcoat everything, mm. they deliberately take out all the all the rambunctious stuff. Yep. Yeah, they're and, like, and how good is them- this band? They're so nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, there was a, one. <laughs> and really- paint them all as really you know yeah. good homegrown you know. Country boys. There was one really funny bit when they were meet, when they introduced the band manager. Like this is band. Man- I don't know their names, but this is ben, this is Ben, the band manager. And beside him here is Terry. He was you know he was there and he helped out with Ben. He was really really a great guy. Unfortunately, we have no place for him in this film, and he just disappears. <laughs> acknowledging there was an extra person here, but we couldn't fit them in narratively to have this movie's going. So he's gone for the sake of it. <laughs> it was really well. I was like, oh, well, at least you, at least you didn't just ignore that he existed. Okay. They, they do do a similar thing in uh, A Futile and Stupid Gesture, which was the biopic yes. about, um, I'm trying to, th- a National Lampoon guy. Actually, but not cracked. You're, not cracked. You're quite right. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, where they, where they go, oh, you know, actually- all of these people worked in here, but yeah. narratively we only have t- time to focus on a few. So we just got about six people. Yep. <laughs> um, I had a good time with it though. Like I said, I don't, I don't know if I learned a lot of facts, but it was good. There was a particularly funny scene. They were on tour with Ozzy Osbourne. And so Ozzy's <laughs> in the movie for about five minutes. The Black Sabbath story would be interesting to to put to film. And Ozzy's talking to them about like, you've got to, he, he, he just comes out to them. So they're, they're at like the poolside in the, in the hotel. And he just starts talking to them. As, you know, I'm not going to do a voice or anything here. But like, it's it's Aussie. No, no, it's no, no, some I, guy okay, that okay. I mean, I don't think it was Aussie. I was, was going to say Aussie. You know, just oh, and I. <laughs> and he's saying Aussie playing Aussie. <laughs> the drugs are good. The women's good. The alcohol's good. But you've you've really got to be careful with how much you do with things. Like Aussie Osborne being the voice of reason here. Because <laughs> like the drugs will fuck you up. And he takes the straw out from one of the guy's drinks, gets and down the ground. And inserts it into the skull of a bat and has a gentle- <laughs> Nope. Gentle- <laughs> he snorts ants off the ground. Oh, <laughs> and then- You're being too monetary handy, come on. Then, because he's wearing, you come on like, oh, I should point out, Ozzy Oswald's wearing a dress in this scene. Takes out his dick, pisses on the ground, lays on the ground and starts licking it up. Yeah. And then one of the singers, oh, sorry, the bass player is like, yeah, whatever. And he takes a <laughs> piss on the ground and he's about to go down and Ozzy just pushes him out of the way and then dives him out and starts licking up both their piss. And my mate's like, the second Ozzy rocks up and he's at the pool, so my friend's like, oh, this is going to be good and terrible. Because <laughs> he knows exactly what's coming up. This is the first thing I'm going to watch when I get home today. You yeah. have completely sold me on this. And, and not the movie, right? You're just going to no. fast forward to that scene. <laughs> yeah. Lick up the piss, Ozzy. 
<laughs> so all in all, in, enjoyable. I was surprised okay. and I was very happy to watch it last night because I literally was like, well, if I'm gonna make, a, if I'm gonna watch a movie about source material I have no idea about, at least I can talk about it on the variety hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have gone for almost 40 minutes, which means I'm- the- As predicted. God, you are, yeah. hey, you are good. <laughs> you're all welcome. <laughs> um, Chance start. Uh, remind us where you're from, I guess. Look, I'm from the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers, which is another podcast on this podcast network. That's not Canon Productions. It is a movie-related podcast. So if you like listening to movie-related things, I'm a movie guy. Uh, you can find my short films that are on ozflix.tv. That's O-Z-F-L-I-X.tv. So you like everything spelt wrong. Great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just look from the short film uh, corner. That's um, Pizza Deliverance and L Plate. You can also look at a whole bunch of other shows. There's a lot of great Australian short films there. So check them out. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Yep. Go, guys. All right. We have a Facebook address thing. Um, <laughs> is my doing it right? Have I, have I nailed the landing? Yes, it's just as awkward as it's ever been. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah, go to Facebook and uh, yeah, second take media reviews. You can write Rate. like sec o, and then because I've searched it so much, it's it's it it's ends up the first one. Yeah. Perfect. So what we're saying, audience, is if it doesn't do that, you're not searching us enough. <laughs> so up your game. Uh, if you're trendy enough to have an Instagram account, you can see how untrendy we are at Second Take Podcast. And if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. We have a website, just chockers with content, secondtakepodcast.com. Three years, three years in podcasts <laughs> and reviews that you can listen to for free on that website. Uh, you can also chuck us, throw us a line at secondtakepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I think a line normally used for a phone call, is that correct? <laughs> You can, but you can type it. It's an email address. Um, if you have any requests or any questions or hate mail, that's where it goes, and it is definitely read at just, some point. Just want to ask us for our pastor references. For, uh, preferences. Our pastor preferences. Yeah. What are your pastor? Oh, oh well, I mean, we let them email for it. Definitely uh, fettuccine. Oh, I was yeah. going to say penne. Yeah, I'm a penne, penne? man. Yeah. yeah. No, I like it long and thick. Yeah. I, I read this, so I had this. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the worst. I, <laughs> Sorry, a bit late. <laughs> I had this uh, recipe last night where it specifically asks for small pasta. My wife just sent me, get me small pasta. So I went to the shops and I'm looking at the pasta. I'm like, well, macaroni is the smallest pasta. It's the only pasta shells? I consider. I the mini oh, shells? shells yeah. are small. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have shells. I would have shells, power plate and gone like risoni. They're like almost <laughs> rice size. See, that was, I was like, I felt like if she wanted risoni, she would have asked for risoni. So I got macaroni. I got home. Uh, I ended up making dinner that night. So I got the recipe and it says small pasta in brackets, penne. And I'm like, penne's not fucking small. That's penne's a medium a, pasta. That's a medium pasta. That's exactly what I said. Hey, my name is it's, Sebastian. It's I'm no, an authority it's here. A, it's a medium pasta. It's no, it's no rigatoni. We're not talking about yeah. water pipe rigatoni. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a, have a lovely life. The end. The Disney vs. Disney Debates podcast is all about finding the answer to one simple question. What is the best Disney movie of all time? Maybe the question isn't that simple. 
So join us every Saturday as hosts from all across That's Not Canon fight for their movies in one-on-one debates moderated by me, Zane C. Weber, in order to decide once and for all which of Disney's beloved classics or recent hits will take the crown. Save it for the show. Available now on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you find podcasts. A That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.